Hi everyone. As part of my radio interview on Monday with Henry, we were talking about all things love. Um, and as sometimes happens on the radio, uh, there were a couple of stories before mine that, that took a bit of extra time and a little bit of talk back. So it meant that we didn't fully get through all the aspects of the interview. So what I've done, and I'm just looking onto my computer screen here, but I, what, what we do as part of the preparation for the interviews is the week before, um, after Henry and I have decided what we're going to talk about, um, I just send through a couple of ideas or ways for our conversation that it might go, and sometimes it goes that way, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I know that I did promise some, of the, some particular topics around um, all things love, and we didn't get to those. And I've had a couple of people reach out to me this week who were obviously really curious about some of those elements, so I thought I would address those. So excuse me while I look at my screen, because it helps me to look at my notes to remind myself what we did talk about and what we didn't talk about. We did talk about how long does it take to fall in love, um, and look, it can take a very long time, but when we, when we uh, think about the person that we care about deeply, or when we see that person, we know that that physiological reaction that we have um, all of the endorphins and all the many other things that happen for us physically when we see someone that we care about happens very, very quickly. One of the other topics we looked at is um, why is it that people often look quite familiar? And, and that's, you know, in part is because often you've spent time with that person sharing similar environmental factors, diet, you know, activities and things are often, are often very similar. But what we also see with people is that when you um, look at someone for an extended period of time, when you have conversations, we, we as humans use a thing called mirror neurons where we it's one of the things that we do to empathise with other people. So if I'm telling you a story and I am sad while I'm telling that story, there's a very good chance that your face will start to look sad as well. And part of the th reason that we do that is we almost do that without thinking, but it helps us to understand the feelings and therefore to empathise with people. So the thinking is that if you spend a lot of time empathising with your significant other or maybe you spend a lot of time arguing with them, whatever that might look like, but it's really what does that look like? So that's some of the thinking around why do we start to look very familiar. So those were two of the key things that we kind of got to. We didn't get to everything in the in that we had intended to. Um, one of the things I promised I'd talk about is what are some of the things that can end a relationship which obviously people are uh, interested to know a little bit about that now there's a multitude of factors of course where we were particularly intending to take that part of the conversation was about what is it from within a relationship that might cause it to end there of course can be lots of external factors um, but in terms of that and this was a particular focus on communication so what we know is with our communication is that when you um, when there is constant criticism with your significant other, we know that that does not enhance a relationship, that does not um, help help the relationship at all, and in fact it can be quite damaging um, to, to that particular relationship. So repeatedly criticising someone, you know, no, no one likes to be criticised, and particularly when it's happening to us all of the time, no wonder that we start to turn away from the person who does that. Um, when there is lots of uh, what we would call expressed contempt, you know, things like sarcasm, um, and that really kind of narky, nasty sarcasm that sometimes can happen between people. Sometimes that does happen, unfortunately, with the people that we're closest to. That repeatedly will not help your relationship. So that's one of the other key factors. Um, when we are really defensive and we kind of push people away and put up those walls, again, that's not leaning into a relationship, so that's not going to help with a relationship either. And then no surprises that when communication completely shuts down. So 
if you're interested in this area, there, there's um, been a number of people who've ex who've explored this particular factor. Oh, that's Siri telling me. I don't know what <laughs> Siri's listening to us. Oh, that's off my iPad. Um, so this particular research has been focused uh, by the Gottmans, or what's known as the, the Gottman Institute, G-O-T-T-M-A-N. I think it's just one N. Um, and they are a couple who have explored relationships for decades. And they, ha they actually have set up some really unique research laboratories where couples will come in and they will literally watch them just interact and have conversations and they've got their research to such a fine art they can determine in a very short period of time uh, whether relationships are more likely to succeed and stay together or whether they're more likely to not be successful so those key findings about the the, the issues of um, of criticism of sarcasm of blocking people away and communication are all things that don't help relationships and of course um when we don't do those things, then that enhances our relationships as well. So the other thing that uh, we particularly see with relationships is expectations of relationships have changed over time. So whereas marriage marriage and connection and, and, and long-term relationships um, what used to be a lot more about sort of safety and solidarity and, and, and that kind of solid relationship, um, and now what we find with couples is as much greater uh, leaning towards psychological fulfillment so people want to feel fulfilled within their relationships and that is only going to work if you invest some time into the relationship and into each other so the analogy that um, I've often heard described which I think is such a great one is, is think of your relationship like a garden and if you think about your garden we've got a garden outside um, the areas that we tend to tend to flourish the areas that we ignore typically don't do so well so you know think of that in terms of your relationship so gaining that fulfillment within your relationships you know if you spend no time with your partner if you don't do things together if you don't have conversations don't be surprised when that doesn't work so well um, interestingly there's lots that you can do if you're hearing this and you're thinking oh maybe my relationship needs some work and, and think of your relationship as a work in progress um, one great intervention that I saw um, showed the benefits of couples watching uh, movies about relationships and those couples who and this was actually done as an intervention so the idea was to regularly watch a movie that involves something about a relationship in it and then to have a conversation about it afterwards because often we can see in a movie some of our own behaviors that may or may not be you know you know sometimes we know that we're doing something that isn't um, as as um, helpful in our relationships or you know we know there's things that we're doing that we could do better and we could improve so this was a three-year study and what they actually found was that the separation rates halved for those people that participated in the study so um, certainly you can take um, other steps so you can go into th into counseling or you can go into therapy and those are great options for people uh, who are needing that but even things like watching movies about relationships talking about relationships talking about your style kind of being a little bit curious about what it is that you do is important as well um and you know it was interesting that we did, did this on valentine's day that was done deliberately we were going to talk about another topic and then we realized the date you know and a lot of people criticize valentine's day that it's very you know commercial and so forth and it is um, and so what we also find, and, and the key point where I, I was hoping we could leave the interview, but we didn't, we didn't quite get there, 
is that there was a, a great study that was done with uh, over 4,000 adults talking to them about their relationships. Um, and when you asked people about, you know, what do you see as acts of love, it was often the little stuff, bringing your partner a cup of tea in bed. It might be doing something for them that they wouldn't expect you to do and maybe saying it, but maybe not saying anything about it. So it's not necessarily about the big expensive gifts. Um, it's about the time together and it's about those small items as well. So I hope that answers some of the questions that people have put to me in the last week about the psychology of love. Um, thanks to everyone who listens in to us either live on the ABC on a Monday morning for Mindful Monday or jump onto the um, jump onto the podcast. I'm looking at my time, 8 minutes 40. So yes, this is certainly longer than I would have had if we'd, if we'd had the conversation on radio. That's normally... Um, a little bit shorter than this so I hope that's helpful for you and I think this week coming up we're talking about the four day working week which is also a very popular topic at the moment so looking forward to exploring that one if ever there's something you want to hear on Mindful Monday let me know Um, Henry and I are always looking for other great ideas